everybody? How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham, Justin Treese, and Dan Kiefer coming to you with another episode of Talking Football. What is it that you guys call it? Gamblers Anonymous? Is that what it was? Is that the episode of today's show? I just want to make sure I'm not throwing anything else away or messing it up. Kind of like I did yesterday on the graphic, or last week, like I did on the graphic, about three or four separate times. I'm glad we finally got that puppy out there because, holy smokes, the airs were just continuing. But I will say, we did pretty good on our bets. You know, it's, it's hard to hit a five-game parlay, but I will say I'm pretty proud of how well we did. And me specifically, I, I don't usually get a lot to brag about when it comes to the betting or being right on things. And so I just want to go ahead and take a moment and give myself a pat on the back and just say I won last week in terms of betting. So I know how to I know how to make other people money. So I'm pretty happy. I was about to say the same thing. I'm like, Austin, like this is your this is like season what four for us. And like <laughs> yeah. each year you've gotten closer and closer to me. <laughs> and like it's made me nervous. And then already on week one, you're already beating me. And I'm like, okay, all right, Austin's Austin's here to play this season. So yes, yeah, I'm so Austin, the real freaking deal, man. Exactly. Yeah, so four, Austin. Go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. Yeah, no, a four a four and one week out of the gate. That's uh you got to be feeling good about that, man. I'd be, yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. So everybody, Austin went four and one. Myself went three and two, and then Dan went two and three with a couple. It was bullshit. It was bullshit. It was honestly bullshit. Honestly, <laughs> <heartbreakers. laughs> I told, I, I know it takes you guys, but I was honestly just like mad, pacing around the house, and Kyle's like, "What's wrong?" I was like, "Football, gambling. It's just, it's just bullshit." I said, "They're just a bunch of cowards. They're a bunch of cowards." And she's like, "You need to settle down, or it's going to be a very long fall." I said, like, no, it's just going to be a long fall. That's just the way it is. <laughs> there's, no, there's no slowing down, folks. I like how she just immediately views the big picture, too. Like, not not day, not weekend, week, just the entire rest of this calendar year. Well, it's going to be a long one. You guys have seen the TikToks, right, where it's like, uh, oh, it's officially fall. So, you know what that means? My husband's mood is determined by how a football team does. <laughs> so, yeah, that's exactly right. Absolutely love it. But let's go ahead and get into today's uh, bets because we are heading into week two of college football season and then officially week one of the NFL. The show is most likely going to drop tomorrow. We are recording on a Wednesday, going to drop on a Thursday for you guys. So first off, again, happy NFL season. Super ecstatic for it. So we're going to have five bets for college football a piece and then five bets uh, a piece as well for some NFL games and then our own three separate three leg parlays. And then I believe we're still going to do a combined talking football week two five leg parlay that will now include the NFL bets as well. But let's go ahead and get started here in the realm of college football with Justin Treese. You are up first. All right. Okay. So first off, um, I also, I just got to get this out of the way. Um, I'm still heartbroken over Saturday night. I just need everybody to know that. Um, Send your thoughts and prayers to me. Thank you. But also, Gainesville, dope as fuck. Coolest place ever. Uh, what, 98,000 people? About 90 of 90,000 of them. Super cool. About eight of them. 8,000 of them. I want to fucking punch you in the mouth. After the game, got people coming in doing the gator chomp in my face. My wife having to, like, hold me and my friends back because we're like, okay. Like, I'll, wow. I'm usually low-key, but, like, don't gator chomp in my face. Like, don't do that. And that's, that's like, crossing the line. Yeah. People are like, enjoy. And the, like, the best comeback I think I had was like, there, everybody's like, what is, what's even a Utah U anyways? And I'm just like, I just kept going, read a fucking book for once, Florida. Read a book. That's all I need you guys to do. You guys will understand what a Utah U is. But I can't wait for them to come to Rice Echo Stadium next year because it's going to be electric. Um, that place was loud. SEC does it different. That place, like <laughs> me and my friends just looked at each other like, okay, yeah, it's it's loud. Like that's really that's awesome. 
Yeah, it's, it's even compared crazy. to the uh, like the Rose Bowl and stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was like the problem with the Rose Bowl is like Rose Bowl was loud, but like it was still like eighty percent Utah fans at the Rose Bowl, right? So like mm. it wasn't like loud like against us, right? Like it was gotcha. it was loud for us. So like I've never experienced a loudness against us like that before. It's weird, like so they, it was super loud, but like also there was a lot of times where it was like dead quiet too, where I was like, wow, like this fan this fan base like. It almost felt like they weren't into it at some point, but it, given that was when we were in the lead. So maybe that was why they were being a little bit more quiet, but man, on those third downs and when they started making big runs, it was crazy. So how was, uh, like, what are the traditions of Florida that you maybe didn't realize uh, beforehand heading into the game? Or was there anything that kind of caught you by surprise with the university, the atmosphere, the stadium, anything like that? Uh, no. Cause I knew like they sang like, uh, never back down at, at the end of the third quarter. And that place got pretty loud when they were singing it. But for them singing it every week, like I thought they would all know like all the words and they only <laughs> knew like the chorus, like they only knew like some parts of it. So that was kind of funny where it's like, huh, interesting. Like I would have thought you like, you guys just knew it all at that point. But like when they were singing, it was, it, seriously, it was so loud. It was crazy. <laughs> Just the area is awesome. So like the stadium is like in the middle of campus. So you have to like walk through oh, the campus cool. to do it, which so that was super cool. All the bars that are right next to the tailgate section was like really fun. Like we went and like did a did a lot of those and stuff like that. So it was cool. It was a good time. Awesome. Yeah, that's not, so like I always like like in a big game, that was a big game, Utah, Florida. There's always moments where like, you know, you're like, this just changes the game. So I'm wondering trees like. I hate to bring it up. I don't want to give you any PTSD, but the two point conversion, right? Where yeah. Anthony Richardson, like pump, double pump fake spin has yeah. what people are already calling his Heisman moment. Can you remember, like, did the whole stadium just like gasp at once? Like, like, yes. just like, like a two second that felt like 10 minute silence and then, you know, just back to booming. Yeah. Yeah. It really was. I and mean, it's because everybody thought he was going to he was getting sacked. So like, it was, like, right. everybody went oh, and we were, you know, we were cheering and then he comes somehow gets out of it. Given that happened a ton. This, I mean, Richardson was just getting out of everything. Like we were having a really hard time bringing him down. So yeah, there was, um, so we were right down the goal line on that play and the Richardson score and the Brant Keithy score and the fumble for the youth on the, on the fourth and goal, by the way, I'm still feeling, pretty confident that cam rising was in on that third down but um but when it's all said and done i mean rising can't throw that pick on in the fourth quarter right right like with them you know mm -hmm. you just can't do that like on, on second down at least like if you're trying to force it on like a fourth down and you need it like i get it but right. on second down that was that was a little disheartening but i mean utah and I'm sorry everybody i know everybody's like just get to the betting but i just have to talk about it a little bit like at the start i even though like we got the turnover early and stuff like that. Like, it was like, man, like these guys are just bigger and faster and stronger. Like, how are we going to like keep up with this, this all game? Like, that's what it felt like after like both teams had like a possession or two. Um, but like, I felt like the Utes like played very, very well. And obviously like they should have won. They were the higher ranked team and stuff like that. And like, I don't want to be like, Oh, we were like, we were the underdogs. Cause we weren't, but like, 
once you saw them compared to us, like it did feel like they were like the better team, like like walking out and stuff like that, just from size wise. But like I feel like we outplayed them. And again, like I mean, their coach even said it too. Like, hey, like we're very fortunate that we won that ball game. Like we probably shouldn't have. Um, but like it's nice to know, man, that like we like we're at the point where we're competing with the like all sec schools and all that stuff yep. like, like i said florida's coming in next year and then we go to ella then we do a home and home with lsu which already saving up to go to lsu i was gonna say you awesome. gotta go to lsu that atmosphere is amazing amazing yeah you've been yeah. there so um so anyways all no, right it's we'll crazy because like you know even like you said you know with uh with utah being a pac-12 when you play an sec school you are punching up a weight class so we'll see how florida does this year but you know if florida plays like they did against utah they're gonna be a tough out so if they get some wins under their belt, Utah fans, your season's not over in terms of, you know, college football playoff. You're still very it's much not. alive. It's so not. It'll, be, it'll be fun to follow. Yeah, it will be. So, all right, let's go into it. Um, first college game for me, I'm going to stick with an SEC team that was not ranked last week that is now currently ranked. Um, what was it, about three weeks ago? I said this was my Cinderella team, my dark horse team of, you know, what can they do um, and how, how, how well can they play? I even took their quarterback as a Heisman winner, put through a couple bucks on there. But I am taking the Tennessee Volunteers to have the upset over Pitt at Pitt. They are six-and-a-half-point favorites, Tennessee, which is a little surprising. But Pitt did struggle last week, came out with the win late on Thursday night. But I still did not think that they would be six-and-a-half-point dogs at home. So I wish this number was lower for Tennessee, but I still feel confident that Tennessee is going to win. And I know Tennessee just played Ball State week one, but like they put up 59 points and their starters only played the first half. And I know it's only Ball State, but like that was very impressive. They did exactly what they needed to do, took care of business. So give me the volunteers at minus six and a half. Absolutely love it. Next up is going to be me, and I'm going with the Alabama Crimson Tide versus the Texas Longhorns and the reason I even bring this game up is because I'm going to take the over at 64 and a half and there is a true possibility that Bama scores every single bit of that 64 and a half points and I'm just going to come to the realization and just accept that because Texas as much as they looked okay last week they didn't look great and then when you see Alabama it's like they just made it look super easy and I'm actually going to be at this game this weekend I'm going to Austin Texas for a bachelor party so the fact that I'm able to get tickets to go to this game and watch it super exciting I'm hoping Texas at least keeps it close so that's why I didn't want to do you know any of the uh, the actual spread with it because I wasn't sure how Texas is going to look playing Alabama kind of like what Dan said you know you go up a weight class with you know, a Pac-12 school playing an SEC school. And it's the same thing right now with the Big 12 school playing an SEC school. Even though Texas is deciding to join the SEC, I still think that's a bad idea. But that's not going to happen for a couple of years. But at least this gives them a true opportunity to kind of see where they're at right now um, against a school like Alabama because Alabama still, you know, they're probably heading into dynasty number two. They just got tons of talent here. And Texas has a lot of young guys that are trying to prove themselves and there's a lot to figure out. And so with this game being at Texas, I'm excited about it. But either way, they're uh, they're getting the over at 64 and a half. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really fun barometer game, like you said, for Texas. Like, I don't think anybody's expecting Texas to win or come close, but this is going to be a good measuring stick for them before they do you know, become a SEC school. I'm starting Friday night on mine with the uh, – well, a couple years removed now, national champions. We're going UCF, a six-and-a-half-point favorite against Louisville. 
these are two explosive teams. I really, you know, the more I dug into this, the more I sneaky like uh, UCF. That's who I'm taking by six and a half. So a touchdown over Louisville. Louisville looked absolutely terrible last week. So I think UCF's probably getting some unfair credit. I like John Rice Plumley, the transfer from Ole Miss. I like Isaiah Bauer, transfer, I guess, two years ago now from Northwestern. And even on the Louisville side, they still got Malik Cunningham. They still got Tyler Hudson. By the way, folks, remember, if you're an offensive player and you wear number zero, that's a cheat code. That means you're a baller. So we know Hudson's going to ball. I think UCF with Gus Malzahn just has enough. They can get it done by a touchdown here against Louisville Friday night. My next game, I believe you have something prepared. Okay, that's right, folks. We are going to night game at Virginia Tech. Taking those Hokies, a three-point favorite. I understand. I hear you. Last week, they looked like trash against Old Dominion. Okay, we told you that could be coming. Old Dominion's a lot better than people thought. Grant Wells had a terrible game. They get three, maybe four interceptions. No bueno, folks. Listen, Rudolph, and take some time. This is a new offense, a new coaching staff under Brent Pry, I think they start to get things right to go back to what works at Virginia Tech. Beamer ball fans, I know you know we're going to run the ball, okay? So hopefully Malachi Thomas, the uh, I think sophomore running back, will be back for this game. Either way, Virginia Tech at home at night. Give me the Hokies. I absolutely love it. And, Trace, I just – I love the fact that you incorporated the music, too, to just kind of get us hyped up. Like, I heard it, and I was just like – at first, I didn't know what Justin was. I didn't know what Dan was talking about. And all of a sudden, Trish just starts playing the music. And I was like, okay, like we're taking this up a notch. You know, we got a little bit of music intros, little walk-up songs here before our picks. I absolutely like that. I think we should probably lean into that a little bit. Uh, my next bet, though, is going to be Southern Mississippi making the trip to Miami to play the Hurricanes. And uh, I'm just going to take the Hurricanes at 24 and a half. I think this is a school that is is ready to shock some people this year. This is, you know, a program that is finally putting the attention to the football team. Um, the university is putting attention to the football program, and I think we're going to see it just kind of start to benefit from here. I know you're playing Southern Mississippi. There's not a lot of hope there for anybody that's a fan of Southern Mississippi, but it's the fact that Miami is going to go beat somebody by 24 and a half points and do it just easily. That's at least what makes me excited. I want to see this Miami team just dominate another school and just go, okay, hey, like, Look at us. We can we can put points on the board. So I'm taking Miami at that 24 and a half. Yeah, I really like that one. I actually was looking at this game as well. Um, but instead, I actually went the route that Dan went. And I am taking minus three Virginia Tech versus BC again. Night game coming off a loss. Enter Sandman. Like this crowd is going to be pumping. So this is a lock, guys. I feel so confident about this Virginia Tech game at minus three. Um, and like, think about it. If they would have won last week against Old Dominion, I think this game's minus six, minus seven. Like, I, I think that a lot of people are putting into account. And let's not forget, last week I did mention about how good that Old Dominion team actually was and how well they were going to play, given I did say I still thought Virginia Tech was going to win that game, but they didn't. Um, so taking Tech there. My next one, third one, I'm going to take an under. I'm going to take under 66 and a half on USC and Stanford. Hear me out. I know. And I think Dan kind of disagrees with this pick a little bit. Um, so 
66 and a half, kind of playing with fire a little bit. Both of these teams were putting up monster points in, in week one. Obviously, USC looks great. Stanford looks solid again. But the way Stanford beats USC every single time is they get the ball, they run the ball, they run the clock, and they pull out wins of like 21-17, 24-21, stuff like that to just keep USC off the field. I think they try to do that again. Give me the under 66 and a half at Stanford. Wow. I almost actually just took USC to win that. They're now a uh, top 10 ranked team. So you better look out here because Trojans coming in hot with Lincoln Riley, I guess. Uh, next up, though, for me, I'm going to take the over on South Carolina at Arkansas. Uh, we watched Arkansas last week play Cincinnati. And I'll be honest, Cincinnati kind of surprised me a little bit. I know we don't usually do the recaps here with this, but I think Cincinnati is at least heading in the right direction. But at the same time, I'm looking at Arkansas and it's like, Phew, like huh. you kind of let them hang in there a little too long before you decided to kind of take over the game. But it, when it came down to it and Arkansas needed to make plays and, and go down the field and score, they were able to do so. Playing South Carolina and the new Spencer Rattler, uh, it's going to be interesting here. That's why I didn't want to take the spread. Uh, I don't have it in front of me to see exactly what it was. But the fact is I wanted to take the over no matter what at 53 because I do think both of these offenses can score. And I think these defenses can also get turnovers, you know, just kind of variety at time or variety, excuse me, at times and can go score. So the over at 53 and a half here with South Carolina making the trip to Arkansas. Dang we'll talk know. more about that game in a little bit. Uh, awesome. But for right now, uh, my next pick is Mizzou at Kansas State. I'm taking the over at 53. Kansas State, a pop quiz. Who knows who's playing quarterback for Kansas State right now? Mm-hmm. Nebraska, um, Nebraska yes. legend Adrian Martinez. Martinez. All right. And at running back, they have probably the most electric player in college football, and that's Deuce Vaughn. All five foot six of them. Okay. Which is probably with cleats. Anyway, this was an absolute baller. Gives me throwback Darren Sproles vibes for all the old guys out there. So we know Kansas State's going to score, right? We know it. Mizzou, Brady Cook is Brady Cooking under center, the sophomore. So we're just scoring points week one. Let's keep it up game two. I think this is one of those games that is really, really ugly, but there's a lot of points scored. Okay. Looked at the weather forecast. Weather's good. Check the box. So Kansas, let's roll the over. 53. I think that's very easily doable. Both teams score 28. One field goal, 31, 28. We're in the 60s for points. No problems. That's math, folks. Next game. Wazoo is going across the country to play here in Madison with Wisconsin. I understand Madison. The Badgers have this reputation of it is a very slow, very caveman offense, three yards in a cloud of dust. Last week, two touchdowns over 90 yards. Braylon Allen is him. Okay, folks, he is him. You can't be 240 pounds to be the fastest guy in the field, yet he is. I don't know how he does it. It's the cheat code. He wears zero. I told you about that earlier. Wisconsin's got explosive plays. Wazoo is always scoring points. An over at 47. Are you kidding me? Smashing the over. We're on to Austin. I absolutely love it. I just think that a school like Mizzou and Kansas State is just honored to even be discussed in the conversation of betting because I don't know if they ever are. Let's just be completely honest. Just say, hey, hey, it's going to be gross. It's going to be gross, but they're going to score. <laughs> I completely agree with you. Next up, though, is going to be, for me, Notre Dame 
favored by 20 and a half versus Marshall. I was very impressed with Notre Dame last week um, and the way that they played against Ohio State. I think a lot of people expected Ohio State to just come in and absolutely dominate and annihilate them. But the fact is, Notre Dame was like, they're favored by 17 and a half. Forget that. And I just think the way Notre Dame played is just going to carry them the rest of the season because they know now, all right, hey, we competed week one right there against one of the top schools in the nation there with Ohio State. So now you're going to go play a school like Marshall, clean up the little mistakes that you made against Ohio State. You're probably not going to do that against them and go win by, you know, three touchdowns or so. I also agree that it was – Notre Dame, they they held their own, which is mm – -hmm. I mean, obviously Notre Dame's like, we just want to win every game, but, like, they got to be pretty happy with the way that they did play against Ohio State there. Um, my next game. Fun fact, I got this game yesterday at minus nine and a half as the news was breaking here. It is now moved up to 13 and a half. Still feel comfortable with it. Wake Forest at Vandy, Wake at minus 13 and a half. Vandy, they've shown that they're putting up points. I Wake's defense, not great, but I think that they're going to be able to slow them down just enough. But why did this line move? Sam Hartman, the quarterback for Wake Forest, is back, ladies and gentlemen. The dude that threw for 4,300 yards last year, 39 touchdowns, was a, a lot of people thought he deserved to be in the Heisman race. A lot of people thought he was going to be in it this year until he was out for week one and thought he was going to be out longer. News broke last night that he's, he's back. So that is fantastic. Wake's going to be pumped for that. Get their leader back. Give me Wake at minus 13 and a half. I also would not mind taking the over on this game which last time I checked, it was around 66 or 67. Um, so also would not mind that one at all, but I'm going to take the minus 13 and a half. My next one is Boise State at New Mexico. I'm taking the over on 44 points. Boise State looked like garbage in the first half of their game last week, but then they really started to heat up at the end of the game, putting up 17 points in the second half. New Mexico... Looked fantastic, given they were only playing Bain, but they took care of business. They ran for over 275 yards. Like That's a lot of rushing yards. Boise State's run defense did not look great against Oregon State. So I actually think that I expect a lot of big runs from New Mexico to put up some points. And I think Boise, again, they started heating up at the second half. I think they're going to take that momentum into this game. And 44 points is not a lot of points, folks. Like It is pretty easy to get over 44. So give me over 44, Boise at New Mexico. Absolutely love it. Next up for me is going to be Appalachian State plus 18 and a half at Texas A&M. Some people might hear that and be like, why in the world are you taking Appalachian State to win by less than 18 and a half points? Well, here's the reason. Because they lost by one point last week to North Carolina. And I'm not about to sit here and compare North Carolina, fo North Carolina football to Texas A&M football. But I am going to say that you lost by one point due to an errant throw and you should have won that football game. You didn't, and that's okay because we got a Mac, Brown, a Mac Brown dance celebration video that has just been absolutely iconic and gone viral, and I freaking love every single bit of it. Now, with this game, Texas A&M played Sam Houston State last week. They won 31-0. to zero. Appalachian State scored 61 points last week. They can put points on the board here, and I think when you look at Texas A&M, it's like you only put up 31 why? What's going on there? They're a top-ranked school. They're sitting here being viewed by some as making it to the college football playoff. I just don't believe it. I don't see it. So I'm going to take Appalachian State here, plus 18 and a half versus Texas A&M. 
our Mountaineers. How would you guys feel about betting on a team in an over scenario when currently, after one week, their leading rusher in terms of yards is a tight end? Mm. Well, I mean, usually not great, but maybe that means they're usually not great. All time. <laughs> but, but trump card, trump card. And I can't believe this has now become a thing because it's the third time it's came up. The tight end wears zero. Okay, so you know he's a baller. We're talking Jaheim Bell, the tight end from South Carolina. Our Cox, all right? I love him. He's a baller. They use him as that flex piece. So yes, he listed as a tight end, folks. He ain't a tight end, okay? He's that flex Kyle Hughes check, super offensive weapon role. Either way, I like Spencer Rattler. I like Jaheim Bell. I really like Antoine Wells Jr., the Juco transfer. He jumped up from, I believe, James Madison last year to South Carolina this year through the portal. He looks like he belongs. He looks like an SEC wide receiver, folks. So that might be your late-round sleeper if you're a dynasty player. You want to pay attention to that now. On the Arkansas side, AJ Jefferson finally balled out. Last year, he was a fun player, but he wasn't consistent. We're going to see if he's consistent this year. Arkansas could be that chaotic, you know, that cathartic chaos team every year, where every week where they're in a shootout, shootout, shootout. Either way, Austin, you mentioned this game earlier. I'm getting on it now. I'm taking the over South Carolina, Arkansas at 53. I love it. I think that game's – I'm putting that on my parlay later. Spoiler alert. I think it should be on our parlay. I love it. We're going to get in the NFL side now, the big boy games, right? And I don't know about you guys, but I actually feel better about NFL than I do college football. There's a lot of there's a lot of variance in college football when you got future professional athletes and loan officers on the same field. That's where the magic happens. That's why we love college football. But man, it makes you sweat when you're betting. NFL, all professionals. So naturally, the first game, probably the biggest game of the weekend. I think you gotta have some. If you're a gambler, you gotta have skin on this game, and that is the Baker Mayfield Revenge Tour. Starts week one in Cleveland. Sold house, okay? Back where he used to film all the commercials. He's coming this weekend. He's bringing Carolina with him. Very two-point favorite right now. I love it. Cleveland, everything morale-wise is going against Cleveland. Everything is pro-Carolina. If you watched any Baker in the preseason, and I'm not the biggest Baker fan in the world, but the dude was threading the needle. He's waking up. He's feeling dangerous. I'm riding Baker with as a two-point favorite. And, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I took the exact same bet here. I just, I think we all did now that I'm sitting here looking at it. Don't mean to take the any fire away from you, Trees, here to add to it. But, like, holy shit, I think we're all on the same page. Baker Mayfield, in my mind, just looks so much better in a Carolina Panthers jersey than he ever did in a Cleveland Browns jersey. And that might be anybody that decides to wear either one of those jerseys. I'm just not a fan of those Browns jerseys whatsoever. But you put Baker and that blue with that black in a city like Carolina with the offensive weapons that they have. The offensive line is a little questionable, but Therese and I have been talking about the Carolina Panthers for the last two years. Now, I think we've kind of rode high with them because we did that with the Bills two years prior, and it has worked out phenomenally for us. And I think when we look at the Panthers, it's like, let's try and recreate that magic that we put on with the Bills because the Bills right now, I mean, I picked them to win the freaking Super Bowl. And so when I sit here and look at Carolina, I'm not saying they're winning the Super Bowl anytime soon, but it's like, you look at Baker and what he brings to that, and he's going to bring that fire, and he's going to bring that passion, and he's going to make plays, and it's just going to be that little extra spark that Carolina has been missing since Cam Newton just kind of started to fall down a cliff and deal with some injuries. 
but I think Baker could possibly be the missing piece for Carolina and what they're missing and just kind of get everybody rolling and give them just confidence and belief here. And you're starting the season off against Cleveland. I mean, that he's going to be on a whole nother level. Like I want Baker throwing for 400 yards, four touchdowns, rushing one and just going into the end zone and just going all the way back to his Oklahoma senior days where he's just grabbing his crotch and hopping up and down the sideline, just like suck it, Cleveland. I am home. And you know what? I left on my own terms. Screw you guys. You can't fire me. I quit. It's pretty much the mindset that I want Baker Mayfield to have this weekend. Yeah. Let's just circle the wagons here. I also took Carolina at minus two. I think I just don't see how Carolina loses this game. I mean, the Browns are in shambles right now, trading for a quarterback. Now he's suspended 11 games. Who's going to be playing there? What wide receivers do they actually have? Does, is Amari Cooper healthy? Like, they're banking on their running game there. Um, and everybody knows this on this podcast, but I just think DJ Moore has a huge year as well. Like, DJ Moore is the dude that puts up 1,200 yards, but he's had the most unlucky career ever <laughs> when it comes to touchdowns, like only four in a season. Like, the dude eventually this dude's gonna bust out for 10 touchdowns and it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be masterful big big andre johnson with the texans vibes where yes. he was just putting up you know a thousand 1200 every year with i mean absolutely no names at quarterback and matt Schaub. yeah exactly and that, and he's gonna bust out so yes so we're all on the same page there my next one i'm gonna take the saints at minus five and a half at atlanta again i We've all were pretty high on the Saints, you know, when we did our preseason poll thing. Um, Atlanta, they got their asses kicked by the Jags in their in their two day dual practice, whatever you want to call it, combined practices. Like Jacksonville was just running them up and down the field. I think the Saints can do the same thing. Uh, Saints are going to start off strong here, um, and with it being under six, I feel really, really good about that. So give me the Saints at minus five and a half. Absolutely love it. And my next one is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Arizona where the Chiefs are favored by six. And I'm taking Kansas City to win that ball game. And I am taking them on the spread too at minus six. But I'm going to be completely honest. There's a part of me that doesn't really trust it. And I don't know what it is because I am a Chiefs fan, but at the same time, I'm trying to take all or take any and every bit of bias out of it because I look at Arizona and go, there's a possibility that there's just a spark. They do start the year off strong. You look at Kansas city, you know, there are times where we sit here and I shouldn't even say times. Like we've just, we've talked about Patrick Mahomes in the month of September as just being absolutely stellar where he doesn't make mistakes. He throws a touch, a ton of touchdowns, but it's just like, I look at this Kansas city defense and there's a lot of new guys and it's going to take them a little bit to get with it. And so as much as I'm taking Kansas city to win this ball game, I'm not going to take him in the parlay and I don't want him on our week two. uh, talking football parlay either because i'm just like this is more of just like a fandom bet that i'm going to throw in there and we're just going to keep on moving so it's a lock uh next uh next game for me is uh i was talking to trees pre-show about this one and i got miami as a three favorite at home against new england everything is pointing miami's direction the offense looked really good uh under mike mcdaniel he is absolutely electric in the uh, pregame, postgame presser. Probably the most anti-Bill Belichick coach of all time in terms of how he deals with the media. Everything in New England is bad. The offense is bad. The practices, the reports are terrible. Everything. Two is 3-0 and in his career against Bill. Man, I everything's pointing Miami's direction. So I got to take Miami here, but I, it almost feels too good to be true. 
it almost feels too good to be true. And a lot of time in the betting world, if something is too good to be true, it probably is. And that's my next game, too. I got the Ravens as a seven-point favorite going to the Jets. And listen, we all love the Ravens. We all think they're going to be great. There's no reason they shouldn't stroll into New York and beat the piss out of the Jets. Okay, it's true. They should. They're just better in every phase of the game. There's nothing the Jets do better than the Ravens, so they should smoke them. They should. It should be a forty-one to ten game. So it's probably too good to be true. But either way, I'm going to be a sucker for it. Give me the Ravens. There is one thing they do better. Lose. Two things they do. There are two things they do better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lose and milf hunting. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Oh, got him. He's got maybe, that dog in him. Maybe, and, uh, uh, maybe, maybe Lamar should do that, and he'd get a fully guaranteed contract, huh? Could, could. Be. Well, he does have he does have his mom as his as his agent, so maybe there's True. a little little milf something going on there with I don't know. Hunter, on. Hunter, uh, let Hunter me just go folks. ahead. And, <laughs> uh, I'm going to take this next game here with the Las Vegas Raiders playing the L.A. Chargers. I'm taking the over at 52. And the thing with this is, I don't know which team is going to win this ball game. There's a possibility, a great possibility, that every team in the AFC West is great. And when we talk about every team, I did pick the Chargers to win the West. And I think we've all kind of realized, like, hey, the Raiders could very much make the playoffs or they could just finish last in this division with the improvements that everyone else made here offensively and defensively throughout the offseason. I don't know who's going to win the game, but I do think it's going to be a high-scoring ball game. And when I look at the Raiders' defense, it's more questionable than the Chargers' defense. So I do think the Chargers put up a majority of these points, but I wasn't comfortable enough to do that, so I'm at least going to take the over at 52. I also am taking the over 52 with the Chargers and and Vegas Raiders. So J.C. Jackson, high-profile free agent pickup for the Chargers, is out this week. And I think that that is just music to the ears of Devontae Adams and all, all their weapons, right? Waller, doesn't mm-hmm. matter who, right? Um, Renfro. Um, so I think that they're going to put up points. Uh, Vegas does think the Chargers put up the second most points in week one behind only the Chiefs. So if you think that the Chargers are going to be put on up those type of points, and I'm with you, Austin, like this game I think is going to be a lot closer than what people think it's going to be. Like I could easily see this being like a 34, 31 game. Like I think Damn. it's going to be great. So um, that is why I'm taking the over and I feel pretty confident in that one as well. Um, my next one, I'm taking another over. I'm taking the over 48 and a half on the Eagles at the Detroit lions. So Eagles offense looks really, really good, right? Like you got a running quarterback that has this great connection with the, his new weapon in AJ Brown you saw what Devontae Smith can do. And now that he's in the number two, like he's not even going to have to worry about double coverage. He could make some big plays there. They have Goddard. Uh, I mean, they're running attack. Like, I'm not even going to say, oh, they got Miles Sanders. They just have a good running attack with all their players there. And Jared Goff has a history of playing very well early on in the year. Um, so, and yes, and Dan's trying to show me Mr. Dan Campbell, it looks like, um, on an image of that. So, with Goff, that usually plays well earlier on in in games, like weeks one through three usually, um, I think that they're going to be able to put up points here. So 48 and a half just seems pretty low on two offenses that I think could get things rolling. So over 48 and a half. Are you aware of Jared Goff's week one record against the spread? Uh, five and career? oh, right? Five He's and five, and oh. Oh, five and oh career week one against the spread. Just so you know. 
Boy, impressive. wouldn't that be a start to the season where everyone's like, man, look at Philadelphia on the roster. Like, holy crap. Like, they're just one of the better rosters on paper. Lions come out and win. Like, that would be yeah. fucking electric. And, like, Hard Knocks would be like, we're doing another week. <laughs> we got them week one. Fuck the Arizona Cardinals. Because I've absolutely loved Hard Knocks this year. We have not talked about it. I don't think at all. But this is the best Hard Knocks that I've watched in a very long time. And I have thoroughly enjoyed every single bit of the Lions. Um, Dan Campbell, I'm, I'm a huge fan of him. So I will be rooting for any type of success that the Lions have this year and moving forward with Dan Campbell at the helm. But I'm going to get into my next bet with Denver favored by six and a half against Seattle. Denver will be going to Seattle, but it doesn't even freaking matter because this is also Russell Wilson coming home. And the fact that this game is only a six and a half kind of concerns me that I think Vegas is just being a little kind to Seattle because I think Denver wins this game by 10 plus points easy. I just think this is going to be an absolute shit show for Seattle. And I think Denver just comes out firing. I think Russell Wilson has the initial start to a season where it's like, is this the MVP year? Is this year that he receives some MVP votes? It happens every single year, but this time it's going to happen with him returning back to Seattle. I absolutely love this bet with Denver at six and a half. Yeah. I, uh, I personally cannot wait. CP Carroll shit himself. When he realizes you can have Russell Wilson throw it more than 25 times a game. Wait. It's going to be awesome. Uh, on the other side of things, we're going to go under. Now, I historically don't like unders because I don't like rooting for teams not to score because touchdowns are fun. But the New York Giants are going down to Nashville to play the Tennessee Titans. And I think both of these offenses are going to be bad week one. I understand Derrick Henry plays for the Titans, but I don't think he can score 43 by himself. Okay, Maybe 43 fantasy points, but not 43 actual NFL points by himself. Giants offense is bad. Uh, until they turn it over to Tyrod Taylor, I have no faith in that offense. Tennessee, who knows what they're doing outside of Derrick Henry, right? 43 and a half is normally a very low over-under. It's easy to get to, but I'm still taking the under here for the Giants going to Tennessee. Next game, I think every year, well, I, I should say I know, every year there's one NFL team that gets underrated by everyone. You leave them for dead, and then they end up being a lot better than you think. I think that's going to be the Bears this year. I really do. So the Bears are playing 49ers in Chicago, over-unders at 41 and a half. That is a walk in the park over under, folks. I'm taking the over. Give me a little shootout between Justin Fields and Trey Lance. There's some bad blood here. There is some bad blood. You already saw Darnell Mooney came out and said the 49ers will regret not taking Justin Fields. Okay? They will. Justin Fields is a baller. Absolute baller. There's a home game. Start the season off. I think the Bears defense is better than expected, but Trey Lance is one cookie to crack. Give me the over here, Niners and Bears. I absolutely like it. And next, I'm going to take an over as well at 44 and a half with Pittsburgh making the trip to Cincinnati. I really wanted to take Cincinnati in the spread here, but I just didn't feel comfortable enough with it because I don't know if we're going to see some week one Mitchell Trubisky. I'm a starter again type of magic. So I didn't want to go against that. I know Cincinnati's coming off a Super Bowl loss. I don't know if there's any bit of a hangover there. I don't even want to have to worry about it or think about it. So I'm just going to take the over at 44 and a half because I do think there's going to be a lot of points scored here. And I do believe that we will actually see that Mitchell Trubisky magic of, hey, I am starting again. Look at this. Watch what I can do and what can happen when I have, you know, a quality play caller and some quality talent around me that can, one, protect me as an offensive line and, two, make plays after the catch. I think he's got that in Pittsburgh and with a solid defense. I know he had that in Chicago as well, but 
We're done with those days. We're stop. We're done looking in the past here. We're looking to the future. Mitchell Trubisky is a stealer. I'm taking the over at 44 and a half. And I am going to start off because I have to. You guys both have taken your team, so I might as well take my team at this point. Uh, Jacksonville going down to Washington, D.C. They are plus 2.5, so two and a half point dogs. I'm actually going to take a money line, and I think they just straight up win this ball game. So for the bet, we'll say plus two and a half because, I, yeah, like why not just take the extra points even though it's not as big of a payout. But really, in a real-life bet, I am actually taking – them on the money line which i'm about to save my parlay here in a second which i i just think it's like fantastic so but anyways let's move on let's so we're gonna hurry and do some three leg parlays for all of us and then we'll do our normal five leg and i'm just gonna run through the three leg ones real quick guys just so we don't run too quick or too long so my three leg parlay is going to be carolina minus two and a half at the browns the over 52 on the chargers Vegas and raiders game and then over 44 for the boise state and new mexico game Austin, Love it. his three. Go ahead. Yeah, my three right here. I'm going to take the over at 64 and a half with Alabama making the trip to Texas this weekend. And then I'm going to take Denver at six and a half at Seattle. I think that's just going to be a blowout. And then I am also taking the Carolina favored by two against Cleveland because Baker Mayfield is freaking pissed. Yeah, uh, clean sweep on Carolina for me. I'm also having them in my parlays, a two-point favorite. Also got on Saturday the over 53 for South Carolina, Arkansas, and then Miami as a three-point favorite against New England. So pretty safe to say, guys, Carolina is going in our talking football parlay. Yeah, without a doubt. Feel good about that. So I was thinking about that. Do we want that? Because if not, all four of the parlays are dead. Do we want to leave it out of just one of them? Why? It's an easy win. We're gonna. I mean, we're we're very confident. We've put it everywhere. Might we as well are clean sweep, right. right? That's fine. That's fine. I'm just we, trying to talk. We talk don't. We don't kick. We don't kick field goals for the tie. We go for two. We yep, can't get fair. this far and turn around now. All right. Like, okay. We're All there. Right. Okay. You you guys. Let's do. Let's do you. Okay. So we got four <laughs> more games to go. Austin, out of all your games, which one do you feel best about? Absolutely, Alabama versus Texas, 64-and-a-half on the over. Dan, you feel good about that? I Yeah, I don't hate it. I think I it's going to be a ride. It. I think it's going to be I, a ride. I, I agree with that, So, but we'll take. let's take it. Okay, Dan, yours. Uh, give me the over 53 South Carolina and Arkansas. I know Austin's got that bet on his slate as well. I like I like that one. Okay, love it. Um. I would like to do for mine VTech Boston College minus. Okay, Mm. let's go. I got that bet too. So let's. All right, let's ride it. Let's let's go. And we need one more. Let's ride. And we need need one more. Personally, I think Austin won last week. He gets to pick this game. That's actually a very fair. Like, so awesome. You can pick any of them. Like, yeah, you have uh, the best record. You get the fourth or the fifth. No, I, I appreciate that and I respect it. So, I first, I just want to say thank you to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for this this opportunity in this moment. And uh, we're just going to keep rolling forward. We're just going to keep doing what we do best, and that's winning. And so, we're going to take the over at fifty two with the Raiders and Chargers. All right, perfect. We got a three two split Saturday and uh, Saturday and Sunday. I like that. Let's keep it alive. And uh, yeah. Are yeah. the Chargers and Raiders, they Sunday night football by chance? No, they're not. They're the afternoon Damn. game. Damn, I was like, because if we Sunday could night. 
if we were hitting our parlay and it came down to the Sunday night football, I would it's, I would love that. It's Dallas that and would Bucks. Be it's Dallas and Bucks is the Sunday night game. Oh. So um uh, yeah. quick question. What are your thoughts on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I'm not asked either of you that. Well, like, are you guys a believers them, in them this year or not? Well, I, I in terms in the of Super Bowl, so yes. I think they're a playoff team. Okay. I will never I will never say like I can't straight up bet against Tom Brady like long term because I know he reads my tweets and my thoughts and I just don't want to put that out there. He doesn't need any more motivation. Yeah, I I understand that completely. I don't I was just wondering because with the injuries along the offensive line and then some Inferior guys kind of too. dealing with some with stuff through camp and then Brady, I mean, again, another year older, but I don't know. Something just feels different this year. Yeah, I know like I know historically the best way to beat Brady is pressure up the middle, right? Shortest way between two points is a straight line. And, man, I I don't like that interior line, especially, you know, there's a good chance you're going to have to go through Los Angeles, and there's a guy in the middle of the defensive line in Los Angeles who's pretty good at getting through people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very, very good. Yeah. So, okay. So, I think Dan's already seen this, but Austin. So, last week, made my, made my NFL parlay for the week one. Um, and given these numbers are a lot different than the ones we've said because lines change so frequently, but check this out. All right. So I did an eight game parlay just for fun. I love to do it on week one of the NFL. Just try to go big. Right. So just eight games. All right. So Tampa minus two at Dallas. I know we just talked about like, do we really believe in that or not? We'll see. Then I have 49ers money line. Against the Bears. I have Denver money line against Seattle. I have Colts money line against the Texans. I have Saints money line against the Falcons. I have Jags money line against Washington. I have the Ravens minus six and a half at the Jets. And then I have the Chiefs minus three and a half at the Cardinals. You got the, yeah, you got the Chiefs at three and a half. Yeah, those all just feel like locks. So I, you know, I did a minor just just thirty eight dollar bet payout twenty one hundred. No shit. Yeah. Is there? Did they give you a cash out yet? Yeah, I have a cash out. <laughs> What's the cash out? Uh, actually, I should check. I shouldn't say yeah. I should beg. Usually, usually because if you're thirty. They, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, because if, if you're 38 with the way the lines have moved, turned into like 60, I mean, but at the same time, it's only going to get better, right? Yeah. Why take exactly. 60 when you could have 2,100? Uh-huh. It's, it's also true. Um, They do not have a cash out yet for it, no. Okay. Okay. Well, hey, heads up, everybody. I'm going to be sitting in an airport Friday. So if you have these wild parlays, please send them to me because I'm going to be somewhere this weekend where gambling is legal. I won't have to drive to get there, so I can just do it anytime I want. So please give me all your parlays. Love it. I absolutely, absolutely love it. Love I just speaking of that, I'm going to have to go make my bets today because I leave tomorrow for awesome on a bachelor party. So there you go. Yeah. Anyone I else also- listening is going to be at that Texas Alabama game? Huh, say what's up. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. I also will be heading to the border. Um tomorrow to make some bets so i will make sure to do all of our three-leg parlays and obviously like always do the talking football five-game parlay so put our money worth where our mouth is right all right we appreciate you all good luck in your fantasy leagues and your betting and just your team's winning 
I hope you all win, except for the Titans. And today we've been talking football.